the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Get ready to take notes, because school is now in session. Tackling the biggest issues in education, this is Education America. Save the classroom, save the country. Here are your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hagstrom and co-host Mark Durkin. And welcome to Education America, where we are once again taking steps to save the classroom so that we can save the country. We invite you to come along with us every Saturday night here on AM 1280 The Patriot at 6 o'clock, where K-12 through is the playing field for education. As the 16th President Abraham Lincoln so rightly said, he stated that the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. I'm Mark Durkin, joined by my co-host and founder of Liberty Classical Academy once again, Rebecca Hextrom. Mm-hmm. Good evening. Nice to see you again, Mark. Nice to see you as well. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to continue our conversation with Lori. This is a fantastic conversation. Yes, it is. And it really sur- centers and surrounds r- around listening so that we can begin to bridge some gaps and relationships with folks that there are disagreements mm-hmm. and to do so in a way that is civil yeah. and is loving. Mm-hmm. And we are thrilled to have Lori Warren back in studio with us again tonight. Yes. But before we turn our attention back to this conversation, we have to be reminded that America's institutions in this day are constantly using words like tolerance and understanding, inequality, and specific phrases such as racial equity, gender identity, and critical race theory. And such words and concepts, as they are presented today, they carry specific meanings. But are these meanings intended to deliver what they intend or appear to promise? And we are reminded of a former Soviet Union political prisoner by the name of Alexander Sotsenheitzen, who warned for more than a quarter century ago when he stated, quote, we are approaching a major turning point in world history, in the history of civilization, It is a juncture at which settled concepts, they suddenly become hazy, they lose their precise contours, at which our familiar and commonly used words lose their meaning, become empty shells, and methods which have been reliable for many centuries no longer work. Mm -hmm. That's right. I just have to say, being a little older than you, it's Alexander Solzhenitsyn. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> Didn't I say that? <laughs> I just, I heard it last week too, and I thought, no, I'm not going to correct him. And I thought, nope, I'm going to this time. <laughs> Solzhenitsyn. Solzhenitsyn, yes. <laughs> what did I say? Um, I think you said Solzhenitsyn, or I don't remember how you pronounced it, but that's yeah. okay. okay. I don't normally correct on air, but that one, that one, that name is well known for those of us who are a little older. Okay. So just have to make sure that we get it right. Okay. <laughs> Mark, for the record, I have never once pronounced his last name correctly. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, that's, that's encouraging great. to know. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, our guest again tonight is with the Foundation Against Intolerance and Racism. 
a nonpartisan national grassroots organization that is dedicated to advancing civil rights and liberties for all Americans. Her name is Lori Warren. She serves as Managing Director and Network and Community Engagement for the Fair Twin Cities Chapter. She joins us in studio again tonight to help shed some light on how this organization is advocating for individuals who are threatened or persecuted for speech or held to a different set of rules for language or conduct based on their skin color, ancestry, or other immutable characteristics. Lori, thanks for joining us again tonight. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes, wonderful. Well, let's pick up the conversation where we left off last week. We had uh, we were running out of time. We were short on time. We were talking about the use of the word equity mm-hmm. and the agenda behind it and the fact that an agenda is being pushed. If you could recap for us a little bit about the usage of equity today and then in finality of that point, um, how would you assess the results of the equity agenda that we see today? Mm-hmm. Well, we first talked about how equity is sort of um, being, uh, how it is defined mm-hmm. um, currently and how it is presently being uh, being used. And um, equity has sort of come to, come to mean equal outcomes mm-hmm. or the equal distribution of things along um, the lines of immutable characteristics. Mm-hmm. Um, Fair is trying to reclaim that word. Mm -hmm. Equity is actually a good word. It Mm -hmm. means fair and just and without bias. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that, um, I think if we really want to dig into how equity is being carried out Mm -hmm. um, today, um, you have to look at it from a practical standpoint. What does it look like in practice? Mm -hmm. And I think what we're seeing um, includes things like affinity groups, which Mm -hmm. are which are people being segregated by skin color in schools or in work in uh, in so-called diversity, equity, and inclusion training, Mm -hmm. Um, hiring decisions based upon immutable immutable characteristics mm-hmm. and um uh, and and other initiatives like that college entrance mm-hmm. precisely mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and you know it's so in contrast to brown versus the board of education that outlawed segregation on the basis of skin color or other immutable characteristics so mm-hmm. it's just interesting to me that um equity would represent something that causes segregation mm-hmm. it's just it's it's just so phenomenal how upside down things are right now. Okay. And for some of our listeners who might just be tuning in tonight that missed last week's broadcast, just recap for us briefly again what FAIR is, why it's important. Mm-hmm. Well, FAIR is the Foundation Against Intolerance and Racism. Mm-hmm. And I will I will share with you what our mission is. There you um, go. I think that's a, a, a good way to introduce mm-hmm. who we are and what we're about. Yeah. Yeah. FAIR is a nonpartisan organization dedicated to advancing civil rights and liberties for all Americans and promoting a culture based on fairness, understanding, and humanity. It's very important to note that we are nonpartisan, mm-hmm. or as I like to consider it, politically inclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, we, um, we have people coming to FAIR um, from the left, from the right, mm-hmm. Democrats, Republicans, progressives, conservatives. Um, I had someone recently describe describe himself as a radical libertarian. I'm not really sure exactly what that means, <laughs> right? but, but I said, sure, okay. come, come aboard. Right. Um, and, um, you know, we are finding that um, 
uh, that um, that our mission, which is focused on fairness, understanding, and humanity, really resonates with people across the political divide. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, for one, find that very, con- very encouraging. Mm-hmm. Yes, okay. it is very encouraging in the culture in which we live today. And mm-hmm. we need a national organization like FAIR to really start to set that tone once again. Mm-hmm. So... So last week, Lori, we discussed how Americans, America's institutions are using equity to push their agenda. How do national and local chapters plan on pushing back on concepts that appear to mean one thing, but actually are accomplishing something much more destructive? Mm-hmm. Well, I think I'd like to cover four ways yeah. that FAIR is, um, is standing up to this new illiberal orthodox orthodoxy. Mm-hmm. One is through is through our grassroots initiatives, such as our Fair Twin Cities chapter. Yeah. Um, Fair in the span of a year has um, has uh, has built uh, 115 chapters. My goodness, that's amazing. Um, all across the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have chapters in Canada. Um, we will soon launch in the UK and hoping and hopefully will launch in um, Australia later this year. That's fantastic. Um, we have also put together um, some uh, some some very important professional networks. Mm-hmm. We have fair in medicine, fair in education, mm-hmm. and just recently we launched fair in the arts. Oh, that's good. So we have a very vibrant and I feel relevant chapter network. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we. Um, we are also seeking to make a difference through our advocacy efforts. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if you know this, but um, but uh, we are we we are a civil rights organization, mm-hmm. and we defend civil rights cases. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, one of our network attorneys is defending a case here in Minnesota, um, uh, Gustio v. the Hennepin Healthcare System. It's a case involving a physician who was demoted from her position for privately expressing an opinion mm-hmm. um, and thereby having her free speech um, uh, rights violated. Yes, I remember reading about that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I think that's an important point too, so that if people do have cases that they are considering or that they're wondering who can come to their rescue and help them, um, they can contact FAIR at fairforall.com mm-hmm. uh, and they can find the right assistance that they may need mm-hmm. in those situations. Absolutely. Um, advocacy is one-third of our mission. One-third. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, other, other examples um, include um, a, a, a lawsuit that we actually – the FAIR actually – filed in uh, in New York which had to do with um, uh, medical care being um, medical medical decisions being based upon skin color mm-hmm. um, and so um, we um, we are doing a lot of really important work in that area yeah, um, I would also point out some of the programs that we have developed yes um, we are um, we have developed um, pro-human uh, diversity training 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the divisive. <laughs> right. Uh, it's right. not the divisive kind where people are broken into affinity groups and, you know, things like that. But it's very empowering and unifying mm-hmm. um, professional training mm-hmm. um, focused on appreciating our common humanity, um, but also celebrating our um, our differences. Yes. Um, so we offer diversity training. We also have developed um, curriculum, school curriculum, mm-hmm. K-12 um, school curriculum called Fair Story and um, pro-human ethnic studies curriculum, Um, not the critical ethnic studies that seems to be taking hold in in many schools and school districts, Mm -hmm. but rather constructive ethnic studies. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we also have put a a lot of work into developing content such as our podcast and our substack, um, films, um, newsletters. Mm -hmm. um, And so um, we have been doing a lot of work to spread the pro-human message. Yes, such outstanding work in just over a year. This organization just launched in, I think, February of last year of 2021, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, just just over a year. Yes, so just incredible how much you have accomplished already. Okay, well, now that you've touched it at length on how we can educate people in terms of the true meanings of words and concepts that um, we want to see bring a very positive agenda back uh, in society today. Let's uh, turn our attention uh, to some of the things that we're seeing in terms of academic standards and what's being promoted uh, here in the state of Minnesota, as our listeners know, and as you do as well. Over the last year, Minnesota's K-12 through academic standards and social studies, for example, has seen three different drafts released for revisions that are coming, and critical race theory framework can be found throughout the drafts. As an organization, in having reviewed the drafts, What do you find uh, disturbing in the proposed standards specifically based on how uh, you have described the Twin Cities chapter of the organization. What has FAIR's response to the standards, these standards look like? Mm-hmm. You know, I remember when I first read the social studies standards, yeah. I just, uh, when they first came out, it was actually before I was even involved with FAIR, and I just happened to see in a news feed that the new social studies standards were out. Mm-hmm. I have a child in, in, in school, and so mm-hmm. I thought I'd just take a look. Yeah. And I remember being so surprised when I went through and I read all of these standards addressing um, oppressed and oppressors, mm-hmm. whiteness, yeah. um, and I just didn't understand really what that had to do with social studies. So mm-hmm. as um, as an organization, um, we are um, what we have tried to do is um, to raise awareness surrounding the um, surrounding the social studies standards. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that, um, I, I, and I just want to address something. You know, when people say that if you're against critical theory, um, that means you don't want to teach history. I think that is false. It is. That is a okay. that is a bifurcation mm-hmm. fallacy too, as yeah. though it's one or the other. That is not the case. Yes, it is false. Mm-hmm. Now, critical theory might be one way to view the world. I'll I'll grant that. It is one lens through which to see the world. Fine. Mm -hmm. But it's not the only lens. Mm -hmm. And when we give critical theory such a prominent place in our social studies standards, for example, it really is saying this is the only lens through which to see history. Mm -hmm. And that is what 
I take issue with. Yes, yes, good mm-hmm. for you. And obviously, that's the position of fair, and you're trying to help other people see uh, that there that there is truth to um, viewing history through other lenses other than critical race theory. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We are talking with Lori Warren of the Foundation Against Intolerance and Racism, and this is our second show talking with you about the important topics surrounding equity, diversity, and inclusion, and how it's playing out in our culture today. So can you explain for our audience, Lori, the work that FAIR is doing in organizing parents here at the school district level in Minnesota, and what is the purpose of the FAIR subchapters in the Minnesota schools? Well, um, one of our growth strategies with the Fair Twin Cities chapter has been to establish subchapters. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dan Garsha, who's a member of our team, has just been so incredibly effective in doing that. Um, and uh, what the approach has been is that, you know, we have a lot of parent groups out there who are already sort of organized. Yes. And, um, and to be perfectly honest, a, a lot of people are just kind of – they're they're just sort of exhausted. Yes, especially because <laughs> they pushed hard before the election last November. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that um, what um, what we're able to achieve with bringing these groups under the FAIR umbrella is that we are able to provide um, sort of a level of institutional support mm-hmm. and um, practical um, uh practical solutions, um, practical help, mm-hmm. you know. And training. Don't you have some training available, too, for people? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So it's just little things, you know, first of all, like providing marketing materials and business cards right. and, you know, like things like that. That's yes. one thing that we that, that we can do. But also we make available training, mm-hmm. resources, strategic planning, and the opportunity to network with other chapters across the country. Yeah. And so that's really something that's very, very powerful powerful for someone in Minnesota to be talking to someone in Arizona or New Jersey or California or Washington and figuring out what's working for you. Mm -hmm. What are the trends? How are you making a difference? And so that's really a very powerful thing Mm -hmm. that um, that we're able to offer our chapters and subchapters. And it makes the the subgroups so much more effective if they are being united under one um, organization because then they can have a more consistent message. Mm-hmm. And I just think the value in that is just really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, at the end of uh, 2021, the Twin Cities chapter was working on forming a legislative affairs arm and an allies and outreach group. H- has the Twin Cities chapter formed these groups? And if so, what does the chapter hope to accomplish through these groups? Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, through our um, through our legislative affairs arm, um, really the goal is to keep abreast of um, legislative changes mm-hmm. um, uh, coming down the pike. Um, it's important to stay informed, mm-hmm. um, and then um, you know, really, it's our role to build awareness around um, around those initiatives. Um, we also are very, um, very open to working with lawmakers mm-hmm. in, um, in putting together good policy. Um, we actually, um, Fair National actually just had a, uh, had a meeting, uh, with the entire 
uh, legislature in Utah um, wow. a couple of weeks ago, and we mm-hmm. were able to um, discuss our pro-human approach to um, to areas in education, uh, gender-related issues, mm-hmm. um, things along those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a very, very fruitful, uh, fruitful meeting. Again, it was with the entire legislature. Wow, uh, that's but incredible. We're, it's yeah. a great opportunity, mm-hmm. and we mm-hmm. we are seeking um, other opportunities like that mm-hmm. to yeah. work with our lawmakers in um, in developing good uh, pro-human. Um, uh, constructive policy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, one thing I have said to you before when we've been on our Zoom calls is I think people are under pressure, whether that be in the business realm or even at the legislature, to be addressing these issues of equity, diversity, and inclusion. And if they are not of the same mind as the prevailing thought right now, which is to be very divisive, they have no tools at their dispense to be able to address these issues, but from a pro-human standpoint. And that's where I think FAIR is so important because they're providing uh, tools for businesses and uh, legislators to to be able to push back on that prevailing uh, narrative, but with 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 other really important messages that also value equity, diversity, and inclusion, but in a true sense. So um, I just think this is just a very important part of your work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are some of the solutions that the Twin Cities Fair chapters seek to incorporate um, to contest the various agendas surrounding equity. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's been interesting. We have found that um, uh, that school leaders, in particular, are really interested in our message, and yes. we've had a lot of success in meeting with school decision makers, um, and they are interested in our um, in our curriculum and in our learning standards. So good, um, and they are also very interested in um, the professional development that we can offer for educators. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've had a lot of success and a lot of interest in, um, in, in making those uh, programs and, um, and solutions available. Yeah. Again, so important because it's a different message mm-hmm. than what the prevailing message is. And that's in both public and private school settings, correct? Um, yes, it is. Yeah. That's what I thought, which mm-hmm. is wonderful. Yeah. Okay. And then what are some other solutions and resources that the Twin Cities FAIR is able to provide subchapters and members, Lori? Well, actually, let me tell you a In little bit. In addition to everything else, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Let, let me tell you a little bit about our last, um, our last quarterly meeting. We just, um, we just had a, a quarterly meeting a couple weeks ago. Um, we had a great turnout. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, what was really powerful for me about that meeting is that we had people really coming from all over the state. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and it felt, it almost felt like a family reunion. Because <laughs> <laughs> you've all been working so, together, but you haven't met each other. It, it was yeah. that, but you know, you're, you're meeting people who, who are sharing these, uh, these deeply held concerns. Yes. Um, and who are, who are seeking, you know, a, a much more positive, uni- unifying way forward. And yes. so just having those connections and having that sense of community was so very powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, our program at, 
at that meeting was focused on how to be pro-human,、mm-hmm. and we had one of our、um, uh, one of the one of Fair National National's board of advisors、um, zoom in and and present to the group,、oh, and、uh, we we did some role playing, and I mean、oh, it was just、fantastic. it was really、um, it was really a wonderful, interesting、um, meeting, and、um, but again the most powerful thing. Was、um, making those connections with、um, with, with others, and、mm-hmm. um, you know, feeling like we could really talk about issues together、um, uh, without you know that fear of being silenced. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And、uh, it was just a, a, a very Very, very wonderful time、mm-hmm. that we had together, and I'm sure that was very empowering for those who attended as well,、mm-hmm. because, as you said, without being silenced,、um, mm-hmm. people are used to getting silenced when they try to speak a different narrative.、Mm-hmm. And I've always said there's power in numbers, and I I believe that part of the Um, strategy, I guess, of this prevailing narrative and the people who push it is to tr- try to silence to make you feel like you're the only one who feels this way,、mm-hmm. um, or that you're one of just such a small minority that you must just be simple-minded or foolish, or they try to associate it with religious thought that that means you must just be, you know, a religious bigot of some kind, and and so I think the power in coming together like this. Um, through an organization such as Fair, is it really dispels that myth that you're alone or that you're somehow different than what you should be?、Mm-hmm. And it really, I think, then I bet all of your people went back to where they live, much more confident, much more filled,、um, much more ready to be able to speak up and speak up in love, but to speak up. I hope so. That、yeah. was certainly the intent. Yeah, very good.、Mm-hmm. Uh, you talked at length at、uh, the different ways that、uh, Fair is working to get involved in all sectors of culture, and, and I just want to take a, about another minute and a half here as we're kind of wrapping up, just talking about some of the avenues or channels、uh, that the Twin Cities chapters has that can encourage Minnesotans to get involved in resisting、uh, divisive agendas、uh, surrounding all of these issues that we're talking about. You did mention that there are. Chapters or subchapters being established in other parts of the states, but let's talk about maybe specific some avenues or channels that、mm-hmm. people can get involved with.、Um, absolutely. Well, I have lots of ideas <laughs> along those lines. <laughs> Good. <Sure> . <laughs> <laughs> let's hear it. <laughs>、um, well, first of all, go to fairforall dot org and join us.、Mm-hmm. Um, we.、Um, If you are listening, please go to our website and、mm-hmm. and sign up and、um, get involved in this amazing community of people who are who are committed to advancing fairness, understanding, and humanity. Yes,、um, I would suggest、um, I would suggest joining a training. They can do that on our website.、Um, we will、um, we will continually be offering trainings here in the Twin Cities through、okay. the chapter.、Um, so join. A training.、Mm-hmm. I would suggest also engaging with our content.、Um, mm-hmm. Fair has a wonderful Substack. We have a weekly podcast.、Um, I didn't know about the podcast. It's fantastic. Oh, really?、Mm-hmm. Okay.、Yeah. Where do we find that? Is that through your website?、Mm-hmm. Just on、okay. on the website.、Mm-hmm. Okay.、Um, we have、um, uh, we have、uh, ways on our website to connect with other、uh, with other members through Fair Community,、um, and so I would suggest. So again, I would suggest、um, please engage with our content.、Mm-hmm. Um, 
I would encourage people to speak up. Because when they do, when they show moral courage, when you show moral courage and you speak up, you will be I, – I just want to encourage people. Um, they will be amazed at um, how many people will respond to that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I think so often people just feel very alone. Yes. They think they're the, they're, they think they're the only ones who – yeah, who think that some of the things that are going on in our in our world today mm-hmm. are, are are wrong or unsettling. Yes, um, and um, they're not alone. Mm-hmm. That's really been truly one of the most powerful things that I think Fair has offered. Yes, um, to encourage people and let them know that they are not alone. Yes, mm-hmm. such an important and that's a great way for us to end. Um, we have had just a wonderful time communicating with you the last two weeks. Thank you for joining us, Lori, and thank you for all your excellent work at FAIR. And as Lori pointed out, we encourage you to go to FAIR for All, all spelled out, fairforall.org, and get involved in this wonderful organization. Help yourself realize that you are not alone. And I hope that you'll listen to this podcast and spread it to other people. You can listen to this one or other podcasts at savetheclassroom.com. Thank you, Mark. Thank Thank you, you. Lori. See you next week. Thank you. It was a pleasure being here. Thank you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.